Hello, and thank you for joining us on Giving Voice to Depression. I'm Bridget. And I'm Terry. More than 350 million people worldwide suffer from depression, but you do not have to have it yourself to be affected by it. Its prevalence pretty much guarantees that someone you care about battles its darkness. This podcast tries to shine some light into that darkness. We're not experts, and we're not therapists. We're sisters and best friends who live with depression and are committed to encouraging healthy, healing conversations about mental illness. Hello, Bridget. Hi, Terry. In the past year, we've interviewed more than 50 people about their experiences with depression. Mm -hmm. And it's been quite an education. Indeed. We've learned things that have totally validated our understanding and experience of this illness. And we've learned things that made us rethink what we thought we already knew. And we've learned that everybody's experience is different, but that there are still a lot of common themes and a lot of common denominators. So that's where I'm finding, you know, that I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we've been surprised by and grateful for is the number of people who, in describing their experience of depression, manage to have the perspective to acknowledge ways that it has benefited them, Mm -hmm. life lessons that they've learned from their experience. So when we read an article entitled Eight Ways I'm Grateful for My Depression, we figured that was a great opportunity to further explore that perspective. So we had no idea who'd written the article or where he lived, but we found Tom Varve in the UK, and he joins us now to give his voice to depression. So the, so the article is Eight Ways That I'm uh, Grateful for My Depression, but... Uh, it's a massive but. Uh, I would obviously rather my life had been where I didn't have to go through it, where a number of these lessons, where I prefer I didn't have to learn them. Some of the lessons probably would not need it to have been learned if I hadn't gone through depression, for example. And uh, there is depression, if you've been through it, you know how soul-destroying and empty and vacuous it is. It's, it's not something... It's not something you want to go through. It's not something you want someone else to go through. But there are various aspects of it where I have been able to find some level of positivity from it. I have been able to find a way to hopefully start to shape a better me or a better future for me because of it. And much of it will be because of accepting it and going on the journey with it. It's the proverbial making lemonade out of the lemons life throws at you. And obviously, it's a perspective you're far more likely to be open to if you are not in depression's grip right now. In fact, if you are, maybe you even want to stop listening. Take care of yourself and do what you got to do to get through it. Then you can come back and listen to this episode at a time when you're feeling healthier and stronger and can really take it in. So, number one, you say you know yourself better than you ever have before. Because I've really engaged in it and tried to inf- educate myself about mental health in general and also myself. It's, it's been so much more self-analysis um, and just looking at what makes me me. I can now see why I'm reacting to different things in different ways, why I'm getting angry to something, or even just the fact that I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just recognize that that, that emotion or that, that feeling is there, whereas previously it It would have been there, but I wouldn't necessarily have really acknowledged it was there. It's allowed me to be more proactive with what I do, I guess, and less less fearful and avoid or lessen various negative reactions to things. Number two, stigma is not what you thought it was. It doesn't take the forms that my paranoid, depressed mind 
thought it did. I'm very lucky that the where stigma has impacted me has always been from me. So it was always me telling Aunt me I was a failure, that I was pathetic, that I was less than other people, that I wasn't worthy of this, that or the other. Um, and then I, I kind of realized that a lot of that stigma was actually just depression lying to me or it might have been one of the underlying causes of my depression, shouting it in my face kind of thing. And when it does come from others? A lot of times when people are encountering um, stigma, say from a loved one, or from their friends or whatever, they've opened up and they're being shut down. And they, It isn't coming from that place of nastiness or, or bitterness that I think I perceived it was previously. When that happens, it's not a statement on the person who is going through the mental health problem. It's a statement on the person who is pushing the stigma and that you sh- you don't need far easier said than done but you don't need to then feel negative about yourself because of someone using that stigma on you far easier said than done far easier i I know but hopefully just start to plant a seed in the mind that it's actually it's not about you it's about their own insecurities or their own lack of awareness or their own issues not you agreed and number three depression has taught you the power of opening up Almost every single time I've shared, it's been a positive experience for me. At times when I didn't expect it to be, it has been and and so on and so forth. I know people who have had very negative experiences when they've shared, so I always have to put that caveat in. But I think for people who are thinking, should I should I share? I mean, via my platform on One in Four, you can do so anonymously and things like that. There are there are groups you can go to, not necessarily mine, but others as well, where you can share anonymously or with like-minded people so you can start to take those small small steps but if I had never I know for a fact for myself if I had never started accepting it for me and opening up and and telling myself I had it and then telling other people I had it then my journey of recovery would look enormously different and be probably you can't predict the future but i can't imagine it would be as positive as it's been <laughs> it's uh, it it was the catalyst for all positive change for me it's been accepting it admitting it and opening up and telling other people about it and of course our sharing anyone's story encourages others to open up and find strength and community and hope too so number 4 you've discovered a strength you never knew you had yeah, I think that I had always assumed I was relatively weak in various areas. I didn't have that much strength. And um, and stigma kind of tells you that, that you got depression as a proof that you're weak or whatever it might be. Um, and then you begin to realize that, no, that's uh, the amount of effort and strength it takes just to make it through a portion of the day. When I, I, I recognize that when I'm going through a depressive episode, I need infinitely more strength to make it through a day than anything I do when I'm not going through a depressive episode. Um, And it makes me realize that inner strength is there just to keep my head above water. It's just such a fight. And that's something that a lot of people without depression just do not get. The way I like to visualize it for people on that one is if you picture two people climbing a mountain and yes, one of them is going faster, but he's not carrying anything. And you've got this one guy who's just got this huge backpack on. He's got all this stuff all over him. He's just clawing his way up the mountain and he's just fighting tooth and nail to go. Yeah, from the very surface, you might say, oh, that person went further up the mountain. Yeah, they must be a lot stronger. And look at them. 
But it's the other person who is doing everything, refusing to give up, who's down in the dirt, who is clawing their way through. Ha! Take that, stigma. And number five, you realize you're not alone. There are so many more people going through it. I kind of thought that I alone was the one failing and you begin to learn that there's so many other people going through it and there's power in numbers. There's power in knowing there are other people going through the same or people who have been through the same and that they've made it out the other end or there are other people who are there that you can lend a hand to to help them up and and pull them through. And um, it was a strange sensation at first when I first realized there were others because in my very negative mind at the time, I almost read it the, the opposite of that of, oh, these people are saying that they're going through something. To my eye, they look like they're coping and everything is fine. That makes me even more of a failure. Um, But quite quickly, thankfully, um, I realized that was just a massive lie. And it was like, well, to their eye, I look like I'm surviving (laughs) as well. Um, So, but, and you also, you can't compare one person to another, one person's experience and emotions, et cetera, to another. And the sixth thing he's grateful to depression for is empathy. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, this is a bit chicken and egg, um, whether empathy was there before or anything, but I think it's definitely made me appreciate and realize my empathy more and what I can do with my empathy. So number seven is helping others. And I think these two go so hand in hand. And Tom is helping a lot of people. He runs the online anti-stigma campaign, One in Four, and Working Mind, a mental health in the workplace effort. It's rewarding. rewarding. It's uh, Yes, it's, I'm never too comfortable with patting my own back and everything. But I think, it, my, I think as I put in the article, my therapist that week or that day had been encouraging me, kind of encouraging me to do so. Well, so I'll say it for um, you. You've done good work and you've helped yeah. people. So there, <laughs> there you, you go. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm always awkward doing that myself. But yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's true. It's, mm-hmm. um, and it's... I, things I would not have been doing, I would not have done, I would not have achieved, and things I wouldn't, people I would not have helped if it hadn't have been for my own journey for depression or journey with depression. So, on that level, I have to be grateful for it. Which brings us right to the eighth reason Tom's grateful to his depression. He says he's become a person he never thought he would be. At this moment in time, I'm, I'm no longer in employment through choice, and I'm kind of because I'm trying to do this all full time. So I have no income at the moment. Um, <laughs> you and I really uh, have no income. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that'll change for yes. both of us, but it's, uh, it's about fighting for a greater yes. good and kind of having that trust that it's going to be okay. And that we'll get to that point, isn't it? Yes. And, and I really feel it strongly because I think I did everything wrong when I was in my depression. You know, I isolated. I didn't tell anybody. I wasn't on meds. I didn't tell my doctor. I wasn't in therapy. So, you know, I want to shorten that descent for people. And I hear that in you as well. Not necessarily always just as a responsibility, but it's also a desire. It's like, yeah, let's let's help them. It's They don't need to be going through this. So I don't want to sit back and watch them go through it when I know I could help even in a tiny way. But I think we've all gone through that period of all you can do is survive and you're fighting for survival. And then you get to that stage where you're fighting to progress and, and actually climb upwards out of it. And so it's, I was at that stage where certainly where it was just like, I just need to get through each day. I just need to get through mm-hmm. each day. And that's all I can really keep my eye on. Now I'm more looking much further in, further ahead, keeping awareness of the individual day so that I don't slip. Um, going back to point one of being far more aware of myself and what's going on right. and everything. Um, but it's now 
you get past that out of the survival stage and then it's right now you can be a bit more proactive and and fight for that better future and that happier future for you mm. and it's possible it is possible. possible it is possible and it's so hard to believe when you're in it but it absolutely is possible yeah, I'm always slightly nervous with how I word it there, and I don't know if I word it perfectly because I know, as you say, it can be so hard to believe. And some people may just go, "That's nonsense. That's for you. It's not for me." Yes. And it's um, no, it, it it can be. It, it genuinely, genuinely can be. But it's not easy mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. there, and no one can say how long it's going to take to get there because each case is different. But it it can. I think there are so many opportunities in life and depression is certainly one of them that it is a portal that you can walk through either in the moment or, you know, down the line where it does increase self-examination and what he said, you know, what makes me, me, you know, and to really own the different pieces or parts of, of us and depression is one of my pieces. Mm -hmm. And just a piece. And just a piece. Exactly. And a piece that's, you know, there sometimes and not there lots of times. Mm -hmm. But that process of, you know, what are what am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? What are my triggers? You know, that's work that everybody is better off for doing. And if that comes as a gift through the soul-destroying, as Tom called it, depression, then so be it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it's brave to accept it and go on a journey with it when, you know, it's, it's soul-destroying and soul-sucking as it is. But uh, it is an invitation. Interesting. It's a very different way to look at it. And as I said at the beginning, I think it's one you can only look at it in reverse, you know, when, when you're feeling pretty good. But it is true. It's, I believe it is also a truth, and it's true for the both of us as well, and we've talked about it numerous times. But when you're in it, you're just like, yeah, yeah, a real gift. Exactly. So um, one, in, <laughs> one in Tom's group, which is I am one in four, and the one in the four are written out on Facebook, is pretty amazing. It's a great resource. Uh, they post a lot of things that are, are really good. And they also produced a mental health daily tracker and journal, which is on Amazon. We're not advocating it. We're not selling it. We're just telling you it's there, which has some best practice tips and a way to monitor your progress on both your sleep and your mood. Great. And join us on our ever-growing, supportive Facebook community and share with us what depression has taught you, if you think it has taught you anything. And we really do want to know. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye, Bridge. Bye, Bug. We hope that these shared stories bring out a little more understanding or help people articulate their experiences of depression a little more clearly or more freely. Thanks to all, everyone who's digging deep and finding the words and finding the courage to give voice to depression. You can find all the other episodes, some resources, and a blog on our website, givingvoicetodepression.com. And you can find the podcast most of the other places that you find podcasts. Just Google it, as our mom says. And please remember, if you're hurting, speak up. If someone else is hurting, listen up.